Well, can we just thank the Lord real quick just for his goodness? What a time of worship today. I just love this, this moment. Uh, you know, we gather because we, we know our hearts long for something bigger than ourselves. This is why Jesus is our good gift from God, as he is the Savior of the world, but he's also a personal Savior, and we want to welcome you online as well, and that's why we're beginning this series today uh, called Chill. Uh, because I, the people I've talked to, my pastor friends, and a lot of you here in the church, if I asked you, you know, we got into a little bit of a further conversation, this is what would come up. Hey, how are things going? Things are good. You know, things are good. Things are good. And then this phrase would come up. Man, I'm just tired, <laughs> right? And you don't know show of hands, but I tell you this, even if you're not a believer here today, all of us in this place, you know, when this fall season hits, everything just kind of slows down a little bit, doesn't it? You know, fall break is here, campfires are here, s'mores are here, praise the Lord. At the end of this month, we're gonna have a, a party as a church family. We got, it's called Chilean on the Patio. We're gonna cater in Huber's Chili and their fried biscuits and apple butter because the Lord loves you. And he wants to give you that apple butter today, right? You know, and it's just this, there's something that happens in this season that we just go, man, we just love to slow down. We love to wear flannel because flannel never goes out of style, right? And there, there is just when fall hits, I was driving back, my wife and I, we did dinner with some friends last night and, and we were coming back and we were just kind of taking this country road. And if anybody saw the moon last night, it was like just, it was, it was like, is that real? Like, you know, it was just this beautiful kind of half moon, but it just glowed. And we were just driving this backcountry road and we were just going slow and no traffic's around us. And there was just something just taking a car ride that when we just slow down, man, there's something that happens in our soul. Matter of fact, here's what I want us to do. Just before we begin our time today, would you just take a deep breath and just let it out? Just... Now you're going to smell the coffee breath of the person behind you, but that's all right, you know. But there's something that happens, and there, it's not just that we need a slow down moment in our calendar. It's that you and I know in the pit of our soul, we need a different rhythm in life. We, we, we need a recovery. And here's our hope today with the words of Jesus. For the month of October, it's this. We want to have the words of Jesus. Not, we don't want to just hear it. We want to practice the words of Jesus. Because here's what we all do. We all carry this tiredness with us. And, and here's the thing. If you don't deal with that tiredness, that tiredness is going to deal with you. It will catch up with you. You'll have to deal with it. Oftentimes we deal with it in ways that we don't want to. And today what we're going to find is this. Jesus has come not just to deal with our tiredness, but he's come to give us rest. And here's the thing, though, that we got to pay attention to this. Everybody in this room, you and I, we all rest differently. We all rest differently. You know, some of you, you're an extrovert. You're like, yeah, let's gather the whole church up and let's have a big meal. And all you introverts are like, yeah, I'll tune in online that weekend, right? You know, I'm like, like I don't know about getting everybody together and this and that and, and these types of things. I know for me, that's been one of the biggest lessons I've learned in marriage is this. Too many times I projected onto my wife, Ruthie, what would fill my tank and it wasn't what she needed. And she was like, I know you keep thinking that's what's gonna refuel me. I'm not you, right? And everybody in this room, you have rhythms to your life that you need. There's things in our life that refuel us. 
I, I find it interesting, uh, you know, with fall break coming up, if you're going on vacation, man, I hope you have the best vacation. If you're doing a staycation next week, uh, my kiddos and I and Ruthie, we're just going to have some time together. We're going to go see some family together. We're just going to have a little bit of a different rhythm. I hope it is the best refreshing time. But what's fascinating is this. Even when you go on a vacation, you ever needed a vacation from your vacation? Like you come back and you go, why did we just do that, right? I'm more tired and I'm more broke, right? Like, wait a second, like what equation was that, right? And we do that and there's nothing wrong with vacations except sometimes we go, they don't always refresh us like we think. And then this morning, uh, I was at the airport as over 150 of our Northside family were boarding a plane to go to Guatemala. And here's what I find fascinating is this. That team is going go to uh, go to Guatemala. We got a team going next Sunday. And here's what's fascinating. I, I, it's just going to happen. They're going to go to Guatemala. They're going to get less sleep than they've ever gotten. They're going to work harder than they've ever worked in their life and they're going to come back more refreshed than they've ever. And it's like, God, what equation is that? And what's fascinating is this. We, we just kind of look at that and we go, no, this doesn't mean you need to go on a mission trip every week, but there's something that God does. There's a rhythm. There's a way of life that God refuels us. And today Jesus wants to give you this rest that only he can give you. The only thing is this, are you and I willing to pay attention to his rhythm? Are you and I willing? Some of you are like, Nate, I ain't got rhythm. Good news. Jesus has all the rhythm you need, all right? We'll just let him be our rhythm. But if you have your Bible, I want to ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 11, or it'll be up on the screen. You can open your Bible app. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. It's one of Jesus' best friends. It was one of his disciples. And he writes to record. And what's amazing is this. The way he writes the book of Matthew He's writing to let the Jewish believers know, hey, Jesus is the new Torah. Jesus is the new way. He's the new hope. And the way he writes the book of Matthew is the outline of the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And what he's telling the people as he writes this is Jesus is a new way. Jesus is the better way. And Jesus is a new rest. And what's amazing is this, here in Matthew chapter 11, we're just going to look at three verses today. And what our hope and prayer is today is this, is that these three verses will get down into our soul. And they'll begin to give us a new rhythm for life. They'll begin to give us a new way for life. I, I know for a lot of us in this place, the last two years, man, they have just knocked us down. And you're here today going, yeah, I'm still trying to recover from that. And here's why. We've spent the last two years reacting to everything around us. And when your life is only about reacting and not about resting and replenishing, that is how you and I are on our way to burnout. And in the middle of all of the reacting, Jesus wants to give us rest. He wants to give us a new way to live our life, a new rhythm. Matter of fact, here in these verse, uh, three verses, Matthew 28, verse uh, 28 through 30, what's amazing is this, Jesus just gives us this little line, but I need, we need to always know the context right before this. John the Baptist, the guy who went before Jesus, Jesus' cousin, he's been preaching about Jesus, he's been baptizing, he's been pointing people to Jesus, except because he's been standing up for Jesus, he gets thrown in jail. And in Matthew chapter 11, he starts freaking out. And he sends his disciples to Jesus and he asks this question, are you really the savior? It's a question a lot of us have probably asked in the last two years. God, are you really with us right now? God, do you really know what I'm going through right now? And Jesus gives this response to John. He goes, oh yeah. 
Yeah, I'm the Savior, don't worry. And then listen what he says here in verse 28. Just these three words begin to give you and I a different way to live. Listen what he says in verse 28. Jesus says this, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Some of you are like, oh, good. I'm glad you didn't ask me to come today with my life together. No, 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 no. See, that's why we gather, because today we are weary and burdened. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Isn't it interesting? Jesus just doesn't say, I want to give you rest. Jesus says, I want to give you rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here's what I've made the mistake of. Sometimes this is what I've thought. Man, I'll go to a church service that'll change my heart and I'll be good for the week. And then you wake up tomorrow and you're like, I'm not good, right? You know, and it's like, man, I went to church. What, did it wear off that quick? Some of you are like, Nate, I don't even make it out of the parking lot, right? You know, you know, and I've lost my salvation, right? And here's what happens is sometimes we see that and we go, okay, I just gotta, I just gotta rest a little bit more. And this is my, the mistake I make is sometimes it's like, okay, we gotta get back to church and then that'll change everything. And yes, when you come back, this begins to change. You begin to hear God's word. You begin to align your life to him. But there's a deeper thing that happens. It can happen when you and I do our morning devotions. When we read God's word, you can sign up for those daily prayer texts. And it is good to spend our mornings with God, praying and starting our day. But here's the thing, by the end of the day, you can find your tank empty. And here's what Jesus is saying in this passage. I want us to get a hold of this today is this. He begins to let you and I know what rest really looks like. And he says, here's what rest is. Rest is a rhythm. Rest is a rhythm. Why don't we say that out loud together on the count of three? Ready? One, two, three. Rest is a rhythm. Jesus says this. He says, come to me, all of you who are burned out, who are weary, who are burdened, and I will give you rest. And we go, oh, thank God. Jesus never asked you to save yourself. He just asked you to let him save you. He says, I'm not asking your work and your performance to save you. I'm letting my work and my performance, Jesus said, save you. He says, so come to me. And then right after he says this, but then take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. He gives us this rhythm. He says, come to me, but take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Come to me, take my yoke and learn. And there's this rhythm that Jesus begins to say. He goes, this is how rest works in your life. I, I find it fascinating uh, when we use this phrase a lot of the time. I don't know if you've ever used this phrase before or maybe you've heard it. We need to have a come to Jesus meeting. You ever hear that, right? Why is it coming to Jesus always has such a negative tone? We need to have a come to Jesus meeting. I'm going to meet you at the cross after service. We're going to have a come to Jesus meeting, right? And everybody's like, I ain't going to that meeting, man. I, I, I ain't going there, right? Why is it that come to Jesus is so negative in connotation? We come to Jesus. No, no, no. He says, no, come to me, not because you're in trouble. No, come to me because you're burned out. Come to me because I want to, I want to give you rest. I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life, this is what I found. When I don't have rest, I'm like, okay, I'm going to work harder because if I work harder, then I'll get more rest. And then you work harder only to burn out more. 
And you're going, what am I doing? And we work harder and we run harder and we're on all the time and we're with our phone and we never shut anything off and we're just going and we're going and you check your email, 10 o'clock at night, in the morning, right? 6 a.m., here's this, here's that, we're on. And we go, I'm on all the time and why do I feel more depleted? See, Jesus is saying this, that's not how you get rest for your souls. See, this rest is a rhythm and what we got to find out today, Jesus is saying this, we're trying to find rest in this world. We're waiting. Isn't it funny? We're waiting for the new normal. How many people are sick of hearing that phrase, right? They're like, I'll give you a new normal, right? You know, I'm like, don't tell me that new normal. But here's what we keep saying. I'm waiting for the new normal. I'm waiting for the new normal. We're going to get back to normal. When are we going to get, can we realize we ain't going back? We ain't going back. But Jesus says this, I have a new normal for you. I have a new rest for you. It's a rest that the world can't give you. This is why the world continues to spin, trying to find normal, trying to find rest, and they can't find it. And Jesus goes, I know, because here's what we got to remember in this, is there is no real rest without resting in Jesus. There is no real rest without resting in Jesus. This is why he starts not with take my yoke upon you, and if you do good, then I'll let you come to me. He says, no, come to me. Find rest in me. And as you begin to know me, take my yoke upon you. And this is what we'll talk about that. Turns out I didn't grow up on a farm. I don't know what a yoke is. You know, I'm like, that's right. Take up your yoke. Nate, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know, right? Uh, but take it up, right? That's what Jesus said. We're going to talk about what a yoke is here in a second. But what we find is this rest. There is no real rest without resting in Jesus. This is why he ends this phrase, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So powerful during our worship time when Hannah just had us open our hands to receive the grace and the mercy of Jesus. We're not really good at receiving gifts, are we? Because here's what I know. If I take a gift from you, this is what I'm thinking. Oh, now I owe you, right? So I'd rather not take it. So that way, I don't owe you anything. And Jesus goes, oh, no, 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 no. Now, here's the thing. Until you take my gift, you actually don't have anything. I, I want you to receive everything. Just come to me. You're trying to carry everything. You're trying to fix everything. This is why you're burning out. No, no, no. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you. I will bless you. I will give you what your heart needs. See, there is no rest outside of resting in Jesus. I love what St. Augustine says, one of my favorite quotes. He says this, he says, because God has made us for himself, our hearts are restless until we find rest in him. Our hearts are restless until we find rest in Jesus. And this is why we've got to keep coming back to the rhythm of rest because you and I, we're going to be tempted to go find rest. Some of you are in high school. You're thinking if you can get to college, you're going to find your rest. All you're going to find is debt, right? You know, and you're like, now I'm restless, right? Or you're actually it's your parents that are going to find the debt, right? And then you're going to get out of college. You're going to be, you're going to be looking for a job. You're like, man, once I get that job, once I start making bank, and then you're going to be introduced to this thing called taxes, right? And then you're like, I thought I made this. I'm like, oh, no, no, you don't make that, right? <laughs> that, that's just on paper. And you're going to go, man, that was my rest. And then you're going to go, man, if I can get this relationship, then, then this will be my rest. Did you know everybody that steps into marriage are broken people? 
And you're like, but not mine. I know, give it a day, right? You know, and then like, you know, and then what happens is this, all of your brokenness gets exposed. And what found was this, we're going, man, I thought my rest was gonna be in my spouse. One of the biggest things and mistakes we can make, especially as Christians is this, beginning to believe that a spouse can be your savior. Now, actually, if you want to be a good spouse and you want to love your spouse well, rest in Jesus first. Rest in Jesus first. Because what you'll know is this, hey, listen, I can't save you, but I can serve you. I can love you because that's what my Savior has done for me. See, this is how God begins to revitalize marriages. This is how God begins to revitalize your work life. This is how God begins to revitalize who you are in your identity. I didn't realize this until later on because this is what I thought about rest. You rest when the work is done. That's when you rest, right? And this is what I thought. I thought rest was a reward for hard work. You, you sleep in after you've done hard work. And if you haven't done hard work, you ain't sleeping in, right? That's how I kind of thought it worked. When I began to understand scripture more and see the story of God, this is what I love about God. God begins to do things backwards. Here's what I love about God. The whole story of scripture begins with rest. See, this is what I find. Life begins with resting in God. There is no rest for our hearts outside of Jesus, but all of life began with rest. In Genesis chapter 2, 2, it, it begins to talk about how God created the world. And here's what I love about God. Our God is a, a God of order. We have a thing called the solar what? System, right? There's order to it. There's function. There's rhythm. There's flow. And, and God begins to create. And he begins to create morning and night and the stars and the moon and the sun. Then he creates man. And then on the seventh day, God what? He rested and he created football. Praise the Lord, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't like this is what I love in October, man. We're all gonna go home, right? Uh, we got some chili that's left over. I'm gonna warm up some chilies with some Fritos and some onion and cheese. I'm gonna turn on the game. I'm gonna fall asleep, right? And it's like, it's like God like programs us ahead of time on Sunday afternoon around two o'clock. Everybody's body just shuts down, doesn't it? It's like, you can fight. You're just like, I don't know what's happening right now. We're just, we're just down. And we know that story, right? And on the seventh day, God, he rested. Here's what I didn't learn until after I graduated Bible college. You know what the seventh day also was? The seventh day, God rested. But on the seventh day, guess what that was? That was the first day for man. Think about that. Adam gets created and he goes, God, what are we going to do today? And God goes, you better get to work, Adam. No, that's not how he starts the conversation, right? I got a garden. I don't trust you, so you got to clock in. You better clock out, young man. Nope, that's not how he starts creation. You know how he starts creation? Adam, you know what we're going to do today? We're going to hang out, man. I want you to delight in me. Do you know that you have a God who wants to delight in you? That just wants to be with you, that loves you. Yes, that sees your brokenness and my brokenness. And he says, I see it, I know it, I'm not ignoring it, but here's what I want to do. I want to be with you. All of life for mankind started with rest. It didn't start with work. 
See, one of the biggest things for us in our workaholism, we're on all the time. It's easier, it's easier to focus on our work because we feel like there's a scoreboard. We feel like we can win. That can become our life until what we find is this, we keep winning, but we never find the rest that our soul wants. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Life doesn't begin with work. Life begins with rest. Matter of fact, the whole Jewish uh, culture, rest was always about the night before because rest was in preparation for your work. This is one of the things God told Israel to remember in the Ten Commandments. It's actually the longest commandment. The longest commandment that God gives the Israelites is to rest. Because he knows this, they're coming out of slavery. They work seven days a week, nonstop. And he knows this, your whole life has been known as a slave and you've been a slave to work. And when you become a child of God, you are not defined by your work. You're defined by your rest and you live out of your rest and you work out of your rest and you work out of your identity. Listen to what it says in Exodus chapter 20, verse eight. God tells the Israelites, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now the Sabbath was a 24 hour time period where everybody shut it down. And here was why, because God knows if you and I don't slow down, here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna rest in our work. And your day and your week will go by how well your work goes. You ever come home and you're with your friends, you're with your family, you're hanging out and everybody goes, man, why are you kind of down? And it's not wrong to have emotions. Nothing wrong with emotions at all. Here's the only problem. Too many times, and I'm guilty of this, too many times my life will go however my work is going. And Jesus says, no, I'm here to free you of that. Let's do good work. Let's do holy work. Let's put all of who we are into it, but let's not make work our starting point. Let us make our rest in Jesus our starting point. I love that God does this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. God does this for Jesus. When Jesus goes to start his ministry, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, listen what happens. At Jesus' baptism, God rips open the heavens like a proud little league dad. You know those little league dads? You know what I'm talking about? That's my boy, right? You know, they're just yelling in the background like, oh, man, that kid's got to be embarrassed of his dad, right? You're like, dad, shut up, you know? And, and I love this moment of Matthew chapter 3 at Jesus' baptism. God rips open the heavens, and here's why. He wants Jesus to remember his rest before he starts his work. He knows he's going to spend three and a half years starting his ministry, going to the cross, and he wants him to remember his work. And this is what he says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. It says, God tore open heaven, and then this is what he said. He goes, you are my son whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. Let me ask you a question. What has Jesus done so far? Nothing, no miracles, hadn't gone to the cross, hadn't risen from the dead, hadn't fed the 5,000, but you're my boy whom I love. And with you, I'm well pleased. Maybe today that is the rest you need to hear, that because of Jesus, God looks at you and he goes, you're my son or daughter, whom I love. And with you, I am well pleased. Yeah, but God, I, I messed everything up last week at work. Oh, I know, I know. 
but you're mine and I love you. And because of Jesus, I am well pleased with you. Here's what God wanted Jesus to know in that moment. Jesus, you're going to do a great work, but I want you to start with rest first. He wanted Jesus to know the rhythm of rest. He wanted Jesus to know who he is. He wanted Jesus to delight in his relationship with him. That's why over this month, I really pray, even if you got to travel, man, make sure you're tuning in on the weekend because God wants you and I to discover this rhythm of rest. Here's what we're going to talk about for the next couple weekends is this. Next weekend, we're going to talk about how God uses reflection to bring us rest. And we're going to look at how Jesus gets away to spend time with his father. And in reflection, things begin to change. We're going to talk about recreation because God actually, did you know this? God wants you to have fun. And my dad's going to preach that weekend, so you know it's going to be fun, right? And he'll be passing out M&Ms after the service. You're going to love it, right? And, but this is what I love about it is this. God goes, no, I want you to, to delight in life. Life is a gift, and we need to have this rhythm of recreation. We also need to have rhythms of relationships. We need godly relationships in our life, people to enjoy life with. And then we're going to talk about the release of our emotions. We've got to take our emotions somewhere. Matter of fact, this whole month, it's not just about a series for this month. We want this, this way of Jesus to become a regular way for you and I for the rest of our life. Uh, on our website, mynorthside.com slash rest, we have all sorts of resources there for you. We want, man, we want to create a rabbit hole for you to go after the way that God wants to bring rest into your life. Uh, on October 22nd, Saturday morning, Dr. Neil Windham is going to be over in the West Auditorium from 9 to 11. Some of you are going, Nate, I want to spend time with Jesus. I don't know how to have a quiet time with him. We're going to teach you how to rest with Jesus, how to read his word, how to slow down, how to have life with him. What's amazing is this, the time that I burned out the most in my life, this is why all these matter. The time I burned out in life, I was 19 years old at Bible college. See, here's the mistake we can make. Here's the mistake I made. I burned out, not because I wasn't doing morning devotions. I was reading the Bible every day. Matter of fact, that summer I read the entire New Testament, man. I was feasting on God's word. It wasn't because God's word wasn't in my life, and that's very important. It wasn't because I wasn't serving. I served eight straight weeks of church camp, even for junior high kids. You're going, man, you've lost your mind, right? I know, right? And I was serving, and I was pouring my life out. Here was the problem. I made no time to rest and recover. It was one week to the next, pour out, pour out. I'm reading in the morning. I'm loving God, but I'm pouring out. And here's what's happening. I've lost rhythm with Jesus. See, this is the beauty of a Sabbath rest. It's this. You've done nothing and God still loves you. You haven't done anything when you take a break and you rest. And God goes, I know, I'm not waiting for you to do something incredible. What I'm waiting for you to do is just rest with me. I'm waiting for you to find your identity in me. I'm waiting for you to begin to follow me. This is why right after this, he says, he goes, come to me, all of you who are burdened and weary, because I'll give you rest. And then he says this, and take my yoke upon you. We're going to talk about yoke here in a second. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And he goes, for my burden is light, or my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He says, here's what I want. I want you to come to me, but then I want you to, to take my yoke upon you. My, my mistake uh, early on when I became a follower of Jesus is uh, 
I carried around for a follower of Jesus, I carried around this backpack of sin, right? Like we all do. Some of you, you've not become a believer or follower of Jesus yet, and you're carrying this with you, man. And uh, here's the thing, like uh, chiropractors will tell you is this, is when you carry a heavy bag on like one side, you get out of alignment. Right, you know, and here's what happens. Our life is out of alignment because of sin and we carry it around. And here's what I did when I became a follower of Jesus. This is what I love about Jesus. He goes, I know you got sin. I know you got burdens. I know you got this stuff. And at the foot of the cross, Jesus says this, just drop the bag. And here's the thing about that bag. That's a bad bag, man, a bunch of sin. And nobody opened that bag after service, all right? You know, that's a bad bag right there, right? I want you to know my sin, right? And we walk away and we go, Thank you, Jesus. I don't have to carry that sin anymore. I don't have to carry that burden anymore. Thank you, God. Thank you. And then here's what begins to happen. We run away from our rest. And when we drop our bag, we go, thank you for saving me. I'll take it from here. Jesus says, no, I've come to give you rest, but here's what I want you to do. When I come and give you rest, I want you to put my yoke on you, meaning this, I want you to walk life with me. Here's a picture of a yoke. You know, we, I, I didn't grow up on a farm. Here's what I find fascinating about a yoke. A yoke is one piece of wood that has a couple iron bars around it that go around the neck of oxen. And what I love about it is this, Jesus says, I don't want just to take your sin. Yes, I've come to give you freedom and rest and grace. But he says this, he goes, I want to live life with you now. See, when you yoke yourself to Jesus, this is what I love. He's going, I've come to walk with you. Your rest has come to go with you. Here's the only thing about a yoke. The bigger, stronger animal, I don't know if you ever realize this, when you're yoked to a bigger, stronger animal, one, they set the pace and they tell you where you're going, right? You're like, but I don't want to go there, right? You know, and like, it's like, they don't care, right? It's like, here we go. And what Jesus is saying is this, he's going, you don't have to figure out your life. You just need to walk with your rest. See, Jesus didn't just say, I've come to take your sin and then I'm going to come back. And when I come back, you better not have messed this up. Yes, sir, right? Because I've come to Jesus meetings to come in, right? I, I, no. Take my yoke upon you. Too many times, this is why we're wearing ourselves out. We think Jesus has asked us to follow him in our strength, in our power, and we fail. And he never said that. You know what he said to do? Take my yoke upon you. Link your life with me. See, this is the power of the Holy Spirit when it comes into our life is this. We begin to, to live a life that's yoked with him. And we begin to say stuff like this. All right, Jesus, I don't have power for this, but you do. And God, I'm going to walk by your pace. It might not be as fast as I want to go. And God, if, my, if I'm not getting to go as fast as I want to go, it may be because you are slowing me down because you want to teach me something. God, help us to walk in his pace and his timing. I love what Isaiah chapter 30 says, because here's what happened. The Israelites, that's all they had to do. God said, listen, Israel, you're not the varsity team. You're not even the JV team. Israel, you're not even the C team. You're the D team, Israel, right? Like Israel has no place. They have no power. They're just kind of abandoned people. And God goes, no, that's who I want to save. I want to save those who have no power, who have no control. That's who I've come for. And he goes, here's the deal. I'm going to be your God. You just be my people. That's what a covenant is. 
God doesn't deal in contracts, he deals in covenants. I am your God, you just be my people. And what would happen is this, they would follow him for a little bit and then they would run off and do their own thing. And their life would be wrecked and then they would cry out to God. And listen what God tells them in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15 through 16. He says, listen, listen Israel. He said, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In repentance and rest. In quietness and trust is your strength. See, we think we have to bow up in life. He goes, no. Now, when you quiet your heart and you trust, that's your strength. But you would have none of it. You'd have none of it. In the verse 18, I love this. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all, here it is, you ready? Who wait for him. Blessed are you when you wait on the Lord. Blessed are you when you align your life to the Lord. Blessed are you when you begin to have your life go in rhythm with the Lord. Man, blessed are you when you begin to slow down and you go, okay, God, I'm not only just going to let you have my sin, God, I'm going to begin to put my trust in you. God, I'm going to begin to slow down. I'm going to begin to walk with you this whole month. Here's what my prayer is for us. This is my prayer for myself. It's this, is that I would begin to allow the rest of God to lead me into rest. Wherever I don't have rest, God, I'm praying that your rest, if there's some things in my life, God, that you're going, Nate, you need to deal with this. Okay, God, I want to slow down. I want to yoke myself with you, and I want you to begin to root that stuff out. Wherever I'm starting with work and not rest, God, I'm giving you that permission. Because this is what I know. This is what Jesus says about himself. He says this, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. For your souls. For my yoke, it's easy. And my burden, it's light. Some of you, you're here today and you're going, Nate, it's not because I won't trust in Jesus. It's, Nate, I'm here and I'm burned out because of religion. You got burned out on your last church. You got burned out on maybe the family you grew up in. You got burned out on a bunch of stuff and you didn't quit following God, but you just went, man, I'm just burned by religion. This is what I love Jesus says because there's a difference between his yoke and the yoke of the Pharisees in that day. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 23, verse 2. He says, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat, so you must obey them and do everything they tell you. That's what he tells them. He says, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. You ever heard that phrase before? Man, they don't practice what they preach. Jesus coined that phrase, right? He's going, yeah, the Pharisees, they don't practice what they preach, because they're not yoked to God. He says, they tie up heavy loads and they put it on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move it. Woe to you, Jesus says to the Pharisees, you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when he becomes one, you make them twice the sons of hell that you are. Hello, that's a come to Jesus meeting right there. What Jesus is saying is this, careful who your yoke your rest to. See, the Pharisees, all they wanted to do was this. They wanted to put heavy burdens on people. God will love you 
if you do everything right and you're going, I'm trying my hardest. And here's what happens when we live that way. You ever find this? You only become more defeated and upset with yourself. You're going, why can't I figure this out? And he's going, because you need a new rhythm. See, the rhythm doesn't start with your performance. The rhythm doesn't start with your accolades. Your rhythm doesn't start by you having it all together. Your rhythm starts by you coming to the rest in Jesus. And when you rest in Jesus and you find your life in Jesus and you yoke yourself with Jesus, are there things to work on? Absolutely. But guess who's leading the way and guess who's carrying your burdens? Not you, Jesus. Hey, I got a new way. Where are we going? I can't tell you, but you're going to love it. And Jesus begins to lead the way. And he begins to go, I know that's the old way. I know that's how you used to think rest came about in your life, but that's not how rest comes in your life. Let me, let me lead you a new way. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Here's the good news of Jesus. He didn't come here to crush you. He came here to carry you. He didn't come here to hurt you. He came here to heal you. Are you in rhythm with Jesus? Have you come to that place where you're going, there is no rest outside of Jesus. No, no, my heart, I, I, I'm waiting for the new normal. No, Jesus, you are the new normal. And Jesus, you have a road for me that you want to walk with me, that you want to lead me. Matter of fact, I want to invite you right now, if you have your communion, I want to invite you to get it out. Here in a moment, we're going to take it together. And we're going to give you a moment just to have an honest conversation. You know, because sometimes we feel guilty saying this phrase, I'm tired. I'm just tired. And Jesus goes, that's okay, because I'm your rest. What we're going to do is we want to give you a moment just to reflect on the scripture, to tell him, Lord, this is where I'm tired. This is where my soul is tired. God, I need your rest. I need your power. I need your pace in my life. And so what I want to do is I just want you to spend time with Jesus, to talk with him. Here are his words for us today. Here is his invitation. Here is his rhythm for us today. And I just want to give you a moment to talk with him, to reflect. And then we'll come back and we'll take communion together. Let's reflect on him right now. You know, what's, uh, what's amazing about this passage is this. Jesus says all sorts of things about who he is, but in this passage, it's the only place in scripture that Jesus says what his heart is like. And he says, here's who I am, here's what my heart is. My heart is gentle and it's humble. See, the savior of the world, He's come to give you rest. He's come to pick you up, but you can't keep going. He's come to carry the burdens of your sin and my sin. He goes, I have a new rest for you today. And so what I want us to do is this with the bread, I want us to take it together here in a moment to remember 
It was his body that was broken so that we could be blessed, so that we could have rest for our souls by what he did on the cross. And so let's take the bread together right now. And when he poured his blood out, what he said was this. You and I, we're trying to cover all of our tracks. We're trying to make up for a past time. We're, we're trying to cover everything. And he goes, no, 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 no. It's my blood that was poured out that covers your sins so that you can be saved. And so right now, let's remember the one who poured himself out to give us new hope in life. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this holy moment. And God, we, we just stop to say, God, all of us in some place or another, God, we are out of rhythm. We're out of sorts. But we just stop to say thank you for being the God of rest. Father, for hearts today that need to be set free, whether in this room or online, Lord, I pray that, God, we would allow you your rightful place to be our savior and our rest. And today, this very moment, Father, I pray that moving forward, God, we would only move forward with you. So this week, God, may we not wait till next Saturday, may we not wait till next Sunday, but Father, every day and every moment, Lord, would we find ourselves walking with you by your power and your grace. And we pray all of this together. And everybody said, amen. May you go with your rest today. God bless you all. And we'll see you next week.